Okay, ready whenever. Cool. I just started my mic. Okay, me too. All right, so clearly we are back, and it's, you may hear some birds or whatever else, because Freya and I are in two different locations. I am here in Thailand, and she is back in the States. But we're really excited you know, to take some time to finish up this series and also um, get started with our next couple episodes. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for being back here with us today. We are in two different time zones, but we're making it work. So today we're going to be talking about hypotheticals. Um, we're going to give our guests a bunch of scenarios and kind of see how they would react to it. And hopefully you gain something valuable from listening to their answers. This is ASIC Talks, a podcast to explore ideas and curiosities in areas such as investing, entrepreneurship, and professional development. We hope that the information from our conversations on this podcast will encourage you to step out, take risks, and achieve the goals you want. So you probably all remember Ryan from our past few episodes, and he is answering a question today that is probably on a lot of people's minds as they get closer to graduating college. Um, so we asked him to imagine that he was three months away from graduating college, um, no internship, no experience, has no idea what he wants to do with his life um, and how he would go about tackling it. So what are his first steps? And he's going to guide you through what he would do in this situation. You know, I tell the students all the time, I think one of the things that we don't do a good enough job in education in doing is really forcing students to do a lot of self-assessment, um, both formal and informal. And so, you know, <laughs> obviously being a big proponent of something like the HBDI, you know, what I always suggest to students when they don't know what, I, what they want to do with their lives, and if, if it were me, if I could go back and and redo some of it, I would do both formal and informal self-assessment. I would find a way to work through something like the HBDI, the Myers-Briggs, the, the, whatever it is. Go through something uh, that forces you to really answer some some tough questions, beat questions, and, and find someone who's an expert in that who can really debrief you on the results. What does that mean for you? Because when you can go through an assessment, again, like the HBDI, and you can start to realize, you know, how is it that I, as an individual, me, uniquely wired, how do I problem solve, make decisions, how do I learn, how do I approach, you know, different relationships, whether personal or professional, and having that sort of understanding about yourself then can help you start to identify, well, what are the appropriate environments uh, for me? What would be the best place for me to, to work, to learn? Who would be the best sort of folks from whom I could learn uh, and could grow and develop, you know, certain skills? And after I, I, you know, I go through sort of that formal self-assessment, I would start to do some real informal self-assessment, and that starts with asking the question, why? You know, why did I go to this school? Why did I pursue this degree? What? And then, you know, from this thing, sort of exploring, you know, what is it that really fires me up? What are the types of problems I like to solve? What are the types of questions I like to be asked and I like to ask? You know, what are um, what are those things that, that I think about that's easy for me to think about? What are those things that, uh, about which I have passion? And then thinking through more um, practically if it comes to when you're getting down to um, work environments and professional environments, thinking about you know, what sorts of people 
do I work well with? What sorts of people do I work well for? When you're thinking about you know bosses and managers and things like that, and start really working through uh, again a true self-assessment. But then, you know, what are the things that truly do motivate me, and what are the best possible situations in which I can put myself? And then, when you're armed with all that information, then you can go out and start to actually pursue opportunities that fit who you are, rather than trying to pursue opportunities that other people think would be good for you, or that you just think might be good for you, uh, based on a few things you may have heard or stuff that other people tell you. Ryan really hit the nail on the head it's really important to do an informal and formal assessment of just kind of who you are and the things that motivate you because without that, it's really hard to make decisions and make those decisions with confidence. Our next speaker, Elizabeth, is going to be talking about if you can be the best player and the coach at the same time or if you can only be one or the other. If you become the coach, your job changed. And so you can't be the best player anymore if you want to be the best coach. Um, because what, what, those job descriptions are totally different. And I think that's something where a lot of times when you take people who are really incredible players and they become coaches, it's hard for them to step out of the limelight. And so I think that's something, you know, for people who want to coach or manage or be in leadership, they've got to be ready to make that shift. Um, because as a, as a business leader, most of the time you get credit when things go wrong. <laughs> um, but your team gets credit when things go right. And I think that's how it should be if you're if you're leading them well, right? Like you celebrate your, the wins of the people around you. Um, but I think when you become a coach, you gotta realize you send up for a different job and the things that made you a good player and the things that make you a good coach are different. Awesome. I think it's also important to remember that sometimes while you are building to be the best player, um, you might realize that you want to also give back and help other people also develop and learn the things that you learned in your path to becoming the best player. And it might be time for you to move on and be the coach and um, kind of serve as guidance for other people. So when it is time for you to move on, sometimes you do have to give up control of a lot of the projects that maybe you saw from the beginning. Ray, our next guest, is going to talk about how to delegate this to someone else. It's always important to be in a mode of what I call succession planning. And I think that also comes when you are supporting and encouraging leadership development around you. And uh, to some extent, I am, you know, I've been in the business 30 plus years. And so uh, here in the Atlanta office, I have a new co-market leader who's bright, young, in his 30s, and we hire very intentionally, you know, bright, young people. Cause, so I, I think it is being very thoughtful about that. I think when you've invested time and energy, it's, it's much more satisfying to be sure that you have a legacy and that the company can continue even after you've moved on to other things. Our next guest, William, is going to talk about that same question, how to hand off that project that's your baby, the thing you helped build. It, this is more in reference to, you know, creating that next generation of delegation. And he's going to give us advice about the type of person to select and the things to look for in that person that's going to take the lead going forward. I've got uh, two employees and one is he's engaged, but he's not really, you know, he shows up, he does stuff, you know, uh, the other employee on it every day. What can I do? And, and the key difference is attitude. It's not that one guy is smarter than the other guy. As a matter of fact, I think that the guy that's less to, less engaged might be smarter 
than the guy who's engaged, you know, but the guy who's engaged his in, see, this is the Bill Clinton effect. His intelligence will increase because of his active engagement. So he will actually be 10 years from now, he'll be smarter than the guy that wasn't engaged because he'll have learned so much, he'll have experienced much more, he'll have learned so much that he will be absolutely measurably, demonstrably smarter than the other guy. So, so for me, looking for those kind of people um, and being able to hand off tasks, projects, even companies to those kind of people is key. The ones that are engaged, the ones that are, you know, have the, the right attitude. And it all boils down to attitude, no, no negativity. And it's hard to, it's hard to put into to, to, to words what the right attitude is, because sometimes the right attitude is to be negative. It is to say, hey, watch out for that truck coming down. Some people would say, well, that's negative. No, no, I'm saving your bacon because there's a truck that's you know about to hit all of us. You know, So make this turn here. Um, but overall, net, net, that, that attitude of positivity, hey, I wanna do this, I can do this, I might not have done it in the past, but let me try. You know, here's how I would approach that task, that project, that that company, you know, uh, being engaged, engaging. Remember, as I said in New York, I think the, the Beatles weren't the Beatles because they were the best musicians. And Quincy Jones just confirmed that, I think uh, they were they were the Beatles because they were charming. They, the, 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 their producer, George Martin, when he first interviewed them, you know, he said, no, they weren't the best musicians, but there was something about them that was engaging and charming. And, and that and I could see that that would come through in their music. So he was absolutely right. And that's kind of what led them to being the Beatles, as opposed to the next band that came in to audition for this guy who were technically superior. They were absolutely superior, you know, better musicians all around, you know, but they weren't the Beatles, you know? So there's something about attitude, being engaged, being positive with respect to tasks and duties, you know, uh, that is real. I, I know it sounds, people think it's a little corny, but it's not, it, it really isn't. And the reason it's not corny is because what you're doing is you're setting yourself up to learn. And to be able to, and, and remember what I said about the degrees of freedom and having less time to make course corrections. So if you are engaged, open, learning, positive, you know, seeking opportunities, you're going to have more knowledge, more information with which to make those course corrections more quickly. So, so it all boils down to attitude. Does that answer your and the best way to find people that are hungry or people that you like to work with is through networking and not just internally, but externally as well. And our next guest, Dana, is going to touch on this in her answer. Your network is, is, is so valuable. So, and something that's important is not just to foster relationships with people when you're in need. So when you're like, mm -hmm. gosh, I got to get out of here. That that is not the time to, I mean, yes, you can, you can always, but that's not the time to be talking to people that you haven't spoken to in two years. Hey, like, I really like your help with this. The easiest way to always put yourself in a good position to make a transition is to keep relationships active. So if there's an area that you think you're interested in, I mean, for me, I love my job. I love the the group 
I'm in, the industry I'm in, but I network across my company. So that helps one, but also externally. So people that have already been invested in me. So um, bosses at former internships that I realized that they, they cared about me also on a personal level and wanted to see me reach my goals. I try to have uh, lunch or most times dinner with them um, every few months. Um, favorite professor from college. I'll have coffee with her um, once a year, but also because of that, I invite her to program. She invites me to program. Um, mm-hmm. So that keeping those those close relationships active and alive. So when you are in need and you need you really need to, to get out of whatever job or situation, or you're just looking to experience something new, you have people that are not just connections, but they're advocates for you. And that's what you want. So you just want to make sure that people, you never want somebody to feel like you're using them. Um, when you have a genuine relationship with somebody, they can't feel like that. Um, so that's what I, I would say for that. Keeping your network active. If, if you are reaching out to somebody that you're not close with already, um, I would say just set it up as a learning experience. Hey, you know, I am interested in making a transition. And um, what you do, you know, I see that you're passionate about it, that you're excited about it. I just want to learn more. Would you be willing to meet with me? Those kind of things. Um, help. But what if you take Dana's advice and you, you know, you sharpen that network and you really do focus on that. You take the advice from Brian and understanding kind of the direction you're going and you take advice from Elizabeth and understanding the role you play on each team and you're still in a place, maybe it's a job that you still don't like and you know, it just kind of sucks. It's your first three months and you really, you feel lost. What do you do? How do you make a decision? Our next speaker, Ed, is going to talk about how to make that decision with confidence. I think you got to dig deep into the problem. I mean, um, can I make it a year? Uh, if I can't, then don't fool yourself. Don't prolong the inevitable. Move on. People make mistakes. Everything doesn't line up. How many times did you walk into a class and it was chemistry with a professor? And how many times did you walk into a class and it didn't feel good? You know, it's again, you know, back to working parts of, you know, what do you want at the end of the day? Um, I wouldn't be making too many two-month moves around, but can you get away with making a bad move to start with and the boss or someone sold me a bill of goods and it didn't work out? I think there's honesty and, and, and understanding among all in business if it's presented properly and the circumstances were such and you stood on your own two feet and made a decision that this just isn't going to work. It's like dating. I mean, how many bad dates do you have to go on until you realize that this just isn't going to work? Yeah, Ed really did make a good point there in terms of making that decision with confidence. And it's not wrong that you're in the wrong, you're in a place you don't like. It's wrong if you continue to stay there and you know you delay that decision. So make your decision with confidence and continue to keep moving if it's not what you want. Um, but always understand you you have the power to make those decisions. And that's the end of our series. And we had so much fun with all of our guests and you. And we hope you stay tuned in to our podcast. We have a bunch more episodes that we're planning on releasing soon. Yeah, we're really excited to have finished our first series. You know, it was very choppy going forward. You know, getting used to just talking behind the mic is a whole new world and creating conversation. But we're really excited. We know we're getting better. And these next couple episodes, uh, I, I think you guys will enjoy them a lot.
Yeah, definitely a learning experience for all of us. Hopefully you learned something too. Um, but you can find us going forward on iTunes, SoundCloud. Stitcher. Am I missing anything? Yeah, you can get... Stitcher. We're on Stitcher now. Uh, you can find us on Instagram in terms of uh, social media stuff, Twitter, all at handles uh, InvestorsATL. So feel free to come out there and you know give us a little shout out. Um, we're excited, again, to keep pushing out this podcast and see how this summer goes with everything else. Awesome. See you next time.